Oh, hello and welcome to the Uberpost Q&A. This is the 123 episode of, of the Uberpost Q&A. It's been a while. It's been a long while since this Q&A and uh, it, uh, it, it, it shouldn't have been this long. <laughs> so uh, let's now keep it up and uh, let's, not, let's not wait as long for the next one. So uh, let's get this started. Um, I'm gonna start with a little of a personal note um, on my end. Uh, so I, I have a, a small apology for the community because I have been lacking to, to be active on the community for a little, some months, um, some months back uh, because of a lot of personal events that happens on on my end. Uh, so if you have seen me not being that active around for some months back, um, that explains why I uh, have a lot of tragic uh, family events that happened. Uh, so again, I'm sorry for that, but I'm now back in the community and uh, and uh, really want, want to move this forward. So uh, Alfred, you want to start with the news? Yeah, sure. Uh, so, uh, news to share. First of all, uh, just to mention it real quick, in case you have already wondered uh, whether the shop processing is going further or not, uh, because you purchased something from the shop, um, people who are responsible for it, uh, especially Mum, is uh, at, on vacation right now, or yeah, vacation, and uh, but processing will pick up very soon, I suppose. And just a little side note for those that have been waiting. So with that out of the way, there are also two uh, things that Diogo wanted me to mention real quick. And that is remind all the foundation trustees to check their mail. We have something to do. Uh, everyone who is a trustee uh, or member of the, of the trustees, uh, foundation's trustees, uh, should check their mail because uh, we really need to get some election things going further. And the third thing I want to mention real quick, among other things, uh, is the Portuguese Ubiports community will be at a double event. Uh, it's the Festa do Software Livre uh, and Ubicom Portugal, uh, both in one. I hope I didn't butcher that spelling too much. But um, yeah, it's a double event and we will uh, hopefully not forget to drop the links to the YouTube uh, description after the, after the stream. And as a little uh, side note on my personal end, uh, because as some of you might know or might not know, I am a, uh, like, I am a developer of, uh, Ubiports project, but I'm not funded by the foundation. Uh, and for that, I have started a few little side projects, and one of them is called Tide. It's a C++ IDE for tablets, specifically right now for the iPad, uh, but it also works on the Mac. It also has potential to work on Linux because I've started work on that as well. And I would like to show it to you now, if Marius allows me with his might. Uh, all right. Let's share the screen in case nothing goes horribly wrong here. 
And uh, this is it. This is a little uh, IDE that I've whipped up over the last few months. So in case you want to support me, uh, either through a donation or by contributing to this project, uh, I would prefer the donation, to be honest, but <laughs> let's say, let's just put it that way. Uh, I've made a little IDE here and it supposedly is very capable in my personal opinion uh, to like bring further the development of WebAssembly programs. So what we do have here is if I find the right file, uh, where is it? There it is. So we can actually just uh, use this little IDE to write C++ and it all builds WebAssembly. It uh, has a debugger in there. Uh, you can do releases with it so that you can release the WebAssembly binaries that you build with it. And I think it's a fun little uh, side project to work on next to Ubuntu Touch. And uh, yeah, you can even build the thing pretty quick, even though it has to build so many C files and you can can run it or not if you want. And we even have a debugger in here, as I mentioned. So just a little, uh, just a little thing that I whipped up over the last few months, and I'm pretty proud of it. I like it, and I plan to do some more work with it, and maybe integrate it with Ubuntu Touch in some ways uh, later on, right? Um, it's it's using Qt6, so not as quickly possible to be ported over to Ubuntu Touch right now. Uh, but let's see what the future brings, right? And with that out of the way, uh, I think we can go over to the focal news. What do you think, Marius? Yeah, I, I, I can get started on that. So since it has been such a long time since the last Q&A, uh, we haven't mentioned, uh, or you may or may not know, that focal has been out for some months now. Uh, we have released both Auto 1 and Auto 2 of focal. And Auto 3 is coming, it's right around the corner. Uh, we hope to release it this month, uh, which mm -hmm. is September. Uh, and uh, with with Auto 3, we plan to to migrate all the, the senior users. So if you are currently in senior, uh, you will you will then get an update to uh, up, if you want to upgrade to Focal once Auto 3 comes, or you can go into settings and switch over. Uh, so that. That and a lot of improvements have been happening on, on the focal side. Uh, there is so much, uh, so, so much changes. It has oh, yeah. been an incredible undertaking on how much work it has been to, to bring focal into work. There are so much changes. Every They touched every single library uh, because everything has to be renamed. Everything had to, to be reworked to work with systemd instead of upstar. And and these these changes has been enormous, um, and even things like upgrading to to newer mode, uh, network manager uh, has been quite a lot of work. Uh, newer uh, Ophonos uh, and even separating to the different Ophono versions and Ophono plugins there has been to to say at least. If if I would talk about all this, uh, it would take the whole Q and A, uh, but. Trust me, there has been so, so much work. Uh, and when we're talking about work, uh, we have some impro uh, performance improvements that I know Alfred has been working on. Maybe he will to talk about it. 
Sure. Yeah. So uh, what has been brewing uh, for almost a year, if not more than a year now, is Hallium QSG, uh, which I've mentioned in a past uh, Q&A. And what it does is you have to imagine it this way. What Qt does is provide basic functionality to put things on the screen, uh, to put controls there, to put buttons there, to put uh, labels, text, imagery there. And the imagery part has been a little bit slow, in my opinion, uh, in the past. And for the developers out there, you don't have to do anything. Hallium QSG Context is a Qt plugin that plugs right into Qt itself, which we ship uh, as part of the rootfs. And Porters needs to enable it if they uh, see it like improving their, their performance situation. Uh, I will make sure to make some documentation available for that soon. But it's there. You can enable it. The Fairphone 4 and the Pixel 3a have enabled it already. And what it does is allow imagery to, put, to be put on the screen a little bit faster and doing so with multi-core uh, uh, multi hardware in mind. So Hallium QSG Context allowed by itself to double the performance of uploading imagery to the GPU. And the second tweak, the scheduler tweaks that we have implemented for the Fairphone 4 and the Pixel 3a, and more, more specifically for the Fairphone 4, where it's really shining, uh, the scheduler tweaks take it to a whole nother st uh, stratosphere. So we've been able to witness a 10 times improvement, literally, uh, through a benchmark application that we that I wrote. And what it does is like phenomenal. It's, it's great to see that applications can start in an instant. Maybe Marius wants to show us something here. Yeah, I have a video that's made by Ivo Xavier, I, I'm sorry if I, I completely mispronounce your name, but this this really shows how, how how much faster it has become. And this is not even all the improvements. This was made before the Hallium QGS, uh, QSG was implemented. So it's even faster now, but uh, let's take a look at this. So start and it's there or the next application, start, and it's there. Morph browser specifically, which loads a complete Chrome. And it starts yeah. the whole Chrome engine in that uh, amount of time. Like, it's phenomenal. Yeah, it is pretty amazing. Which brings me to the point uh, that I wanted to make, uh, or that I have made on, on, on Twitter slash X slash whatever Elon Musk comes up with next. Hey, that rhymes. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, it's sad that so many Android kernel tweaks don't land uh, properly in upstream Linux, and we can't make use of them in a general uh, generic way. But in case porters are interested to really rise up their builds, uh, in case they get stability uh, up first, please be a responsible porter. Uh, make the thing go fast with a little bit of schedule tweaking and you can see the difference. So the Fairphone 4 totally. has, start, has like noticed a 10 times improvement here. Uh, it's not even a made up number. It's it's like provable with a benchmark app that I wrote. And it with all the changes in there, the same benchmark that uh, 
it, it, it stays at the 200 milliseconds, uh, so less is, is better. It stays at 200 milliseconds uh, constantly. So it's there, there, the bottleneck is somewhere else. And yeah, I, you can tell I like it. <laughs> I might actually also have an image that we can show that really shows the performance improvements. Um, if I see here. Mm. Yeah, in the meantime, I will uh, just go ahead and talk about another thing that uh, has been brewing, and that is the changes to Morph, specifically to a Qt Web Engine. As you may or may not remember, I have implemented hardware-accelerated video decoding on it uh, using the Holium bits that allow us to take the, the vendor blobs and make them do the magic for us. And in the end, this uh, results in better frame rates now uh, than it was before. I, so it's, it's basically a part two, a round two of uh, the same patch, which uh, in the end is going to deliver much better frame rates when playing 4K video on your phone. So uh, first of all, 4K video wasn't even possible without it. And now it's getting better with the round two patches because the frame rates are now more steady. They stay up and uh, they're more uh, in line with what you expect from a 60 frames per second video. So this is, I, I do start to believe, or I, I have started to believe that this ODA is very much about performance and gets us uh, to be basically on par with Android and iOS uh, performance-wise. So we are getting there and I hope it gets better in the future too. So maybe we can tweak it a, a, even more on other occasions and in other areas. Uh, but the future is the, like, it's far ahead and we'll see where it goes. Uh, the next one is stability. Uh, so for the benchmark app that I wrote, that I mentioned, it, uh, during the development of that one, I accidentally found out that Lomiri was able to be crashed uh, due to out-of-memory situations. When an application requests too much memory and leaks memory uh, all over the place, it basically killed Lomiri in the end. So we changed a few parameters, uh, like two parameters uh, for the... Lumiri system compositor and for Lumiri itself, so that out of memory situations do not uh, kill Lumiri or the system compositor anymore. And applications that request too much memory should not kill the shell anymore. Uh, so, as a result, wow, this getting my mouth is getting dry. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. for yeah. So on the more on stability issues, uh, some of the things that I've been working on is it's it's debugging some of these cellular network stability issues that that some devices on Focal has, especially on cellular network that rents both owns and rents a network where it switches between two different what should I say type of cell towers um, or type of systems. It seems to not want to reconnect or. You, sometimes you need to toggle off and on uh, mobile data before it, it turns on. Um, this has not been partially fixed. Um, there are still some more debug needs to be done, 
Um, it's a little bit hard to debug since I need to, uh, every time I want to get some log, I need to take a drive to reproduce it. Uh, so, but that's that's also in the pipeline. That's something uh, been uh, been spending a, quite a lot of on. Um, but there is a fix already in, uh, and I hope this fix fixes it for many people. But I'm not sure if it fixes it for all. So I, I need to debug this more. Um, but yeah, uh, just images for the the improvement. Uh, for the performance improvements, I have gotten them now. So this is before the improvements. Here you can see the yeah. time it uh, Maybe also can explain. Yeah, so what it does is it takes uh, a 2,400 by 2,400 image from, NAS from NASA and uh, uploads it to the GPU like 30 times in a row. So it's the same image just being put on the uh, on the GPU in uh, in sequence 30 times. And so we have here, like, what does it say? 2,600 uh, milliseconds? Yep. Yeah. That's before. Yeah. And this is after. <laughs> <laughs> so this is on the same device, the Fairphone 4. Exactly. And 200 milliseconds, uh, it, it constantly, it pretty much stays there. Uh, there is someone else is now bottlenecking if there is even a bottleneck to say uh to say that but it's it's special to android hardware to be fair we are making use of technologies that are usually only available on android drivers um, but nothing stops mainline people to uh like implement their own plugin using gbm for example if i mean i have not looked into it too much but it's certainly doable right so uh, the Halium QSG thing is tied to Halium and the way that Halium works and the way that we are uh, integrating Android drivers into the system. But uh, I can tell you if there is a way to, to make it on, on, on the mainline devices, then sure, please go ahead and, and do so. Yeah. Yeah. And keeping up with, with more performance improvements and other improvements, the Pixel 3a. I think you've been working on that too. Yeah, right. So um, what I've also had to do is, sorry for all the focal uh, Pixel 3a users who have noticed crashes every now and then, uh, reboots of the device specifically. Um, those should be fixed now. Uh, at least in testing, they have not popped up anymore. And what it does, uh, to what, what what makes that all work properly uh, is first of all I had to disable the suspension of the device so the device really came out as an always on device from Google so it had an always on screen and very little um, let's say suspension of of the device itself because the screen was always on and I disabled suspension again. Uh, that I enabled uh, prematurely, but to preserve battery life and to improve performance, to, to do a split here, or at least to preserve the performance that we already had, uh, but to always lo also lower the performance when, uh, to lower the battery use when the screen is off. I now took some changes from uh, the Sony people, from the Sony Xperia dev kernel, 
and integrated them into the kernel for the Pixel 3a again. So that allows to isolate the CPU cores from scheduling, which means they're basically not in use. They're not being uh, worked on. Uh, so no tasks are getting used on that. And that allows to preserve battery life when the screen is on. So it takes like a maximum of three cores uh, when the screen is off or two cores. I'm not really, really sure anymore. But when the screen is on, it ramps up the, the minimum cores and you can more fluidly run through the through the system and scroll through things. And yeah, it, it's supposed to improve performance or at least preserve performance while also uh, preserving battery life when the screen is off. Um, yeah, the Pixel 3a is still my main daily driver and I hope to keep it that way for as long as possible. Uh, even though we have such shiny devices as the Fairphone 4 as well, you know, <laughs> those, that, that one is, it's grow the, the Pixel 3a grew on me. <laughs> Let's just yeah. I like how light it is. I, I think that's my, what the, the first thing when I grab it is like, yeah, wow, this is, this is a compact and light device. It exactly. Yeah. And I mean, that's, I mean, if, if the choices between the Fairphone 4 and the Pixel 3a, which are, uh, I mean, in my personal opinion, others might have different differing views here, but they're among the best supported devices out there yet at the moment. Uh, but things can change. So the Fairphone 4 is more of this chunky, thick boy uh, that, like, I, I have one here. So where? Oh, there it is. Uh, so if you take the take a look, if you take the 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 back cover off, it's almost as thin as the Pixel 3a. And the choice is really, do you want a low uh, profile phone that doesn't get in your way? Or do you want the big, powerful uh, workhorse, so to say? Yeah. Um, but yeah. So next up, the Ethercast work. Uh, I have been working on a little bit, uh, a little bit on the Ethercast side again. So Ethercast is what allows us to stream uh, imagery to an external monitor uh, wirelessly. And in this case, we use it for the desktop mode of Lumiri. So that when you take the phone and connect it to a remote uh, display, it turns into a fully convergent uh, experience that morphs into this desktop. So the already convergent apps that we have, they become more usable in the desktop scenario. And the desktop also feels more like uh, it should be on a laptop or a desktop. And the ongoing work is to make it work on more devices, first and foremost. And second of all, uh, improve the, like, the, well, that's, that's the only point, to be honest, to be fair. Uh, but I do test it with the JingPad or I did test it with a JingPad and it pr works pretty well now. Uh, so much so that I have enabled it now on the JingPad and wait for the last remaining patch to be merged that I have, still have to work on. So yeah, Ethercast, Pixel3a, Stability, and I see that Marius also has a few things here. Yeah, so before I go through those, I actually will pick out some of the things that, that recently got merged. And one thing that... that that originally got merged is the start on background services. 
so it it's it's just a start uh but we have been starting on on uh, on background services where for th this example that I, I give now is one from from marty which was made a while back that let apps receive uh can receive location in the background if if you accept that of course it, it, ha it it's a user uh toggleable thing um but for example with with fitness trackers and 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 those type of things and and even gps navigations uh can take advantage of this and and you can get the more more background serviceable uh so we can re receive in the background but this also will eventually be a be expanded to to other applications for example music app can play music like spotify or 55 55 yeah what it's called can play music in the background while the, the device is suspended uh so that it's made progress on that also i wanted to to give some shout out to, to rachanan um and lionel which has been worked a lot on multiple issues issues but i i yeah. will um, mention some of them for example uh, that we now use the lineage OS APN DAB uh, which, with APN those are the, uh, the the cell providers config files type deal and the reason why we use lineage OS once is because it's really up to date it always gets contributions to and it it's always trace on on the tree so we don't have these issues with um, mobile data not working on different cell towers and, and whatnot because that that should should be pretty up to date um but but yeah um i will continue on some of the things other things that i've been working on uh since we're talking about gps and i see people have been talking about gps in in the comments here uh but i have actually been working on a gps which is assisted gps um assisted gps is a way for the GPS to get some help from the position of the cell towers. So it measures the position of the cell towers based on their um, strength from the different cell towers. So if you have three cell towers, it measures the uh, the distance or the strength of those different cell towers to triangulate your position. Uh, that is used on GPS to assist it before it gets signals from multiple GPS or satellites. Uh, or if you're inside, for example, it it then sometimes it's not possible to get a GPS signal or G GPS fix, as it's called. So that's something I've been working on. It has been a tricky situation uh, because the we are again working with binary blobs here. Um, of course, we eventually we would like to to make this open source. Uh, well, it's it's open source now, but rely on on more open source. Um, services like the mozilla location service unfortunately that got shut down or it's still up but it doesn't get contributions anymore so that's a bit sad so we have to find a, a different a, a different type of of service that provides the same uh, without needing to to use proprietary uh, services for now it's uh using um it it tries to use either uh it, it something called supplement server which is the one that provides the information of the position of the cell towers uh currently it uses the one from google it's not it's not enabled yet but uh that's the thing once that's done it will be an opt-in 
uh, it's a pity that we have to to use Google for this kind of information, uh, but we will see if, if we can find different uh, supplement server or servers that provide these informations about the different cell towers. Or we could even have a proxy server uh, which asks Google for and then forwards it, uh, but removes all the the informations about your device. So it, it's it's uh, it's kind of like a, a, a VPN sort of things for the supplement server. Uh, other than that, we've also been working on VLT. Um, it's it's a complicated beast. Um, it's not an easy task. So that's been something I've been working on for many months. Uh, I got in, it, it, it works-ish. Uh, you have to fiddle around with a lot of config files and, and whatnot. And it, it's possible to, to call and receive um, with with being in with initiating the calls with CLI and and uh, a lot of commands, so it's it's a tricky situation. Uh, but we are getting there uh, slowly but surely. Uh, yeah. Do you have more to add to the news, or should I just go to the roadmap? Uh, yeah, sure. Go uh, go ahead. Okay. Uh, so we're going to talk a little bit about roadmap and and what is going to happen uh, in the next next few months. And uh, of course, these are our plans, development plans. They can change at any time. Uh, as we see, see fit because it, it's hard to pinpoint these kind of things. Uh, but this this at least the, the high level uh, roadmap that we we try to follow as best we can. And, and we want to, to really prioritize user bugs or paper cuts, as we like to call them. And with these kind of bugs, I mean bugs that really, really annoys people, that, that really um, makes newer people to want to touch, maybe not wanting to stay because they are really, really, uh, what should I say, the bug really being annoying. May, they might not be big issues, uh, but they might be really annoying ones. Yeah. So that's something that we really want to focus on. Uh, but at the same time, uh, we also don't do want to do a parallel effort uh, with 20, 2404, uh, which is coming up in about over half a year. Uh, so so that that is also something we want to do in parallel. Uh, and the reason why we can do that in parallel now is because we have done all the, the upgrades uh, so that it, should, it shouldn't be, be that much work as, as focal focal was intensely amount of work this should be like just five percent of that uh, and also the positive thing is that we have been uploading a lot of these packages our packages to debian which means they got synced to, to ubuntu which means that we can just pull them uh, and just overlay on top of them so in in theory we should be able to just uh, build the really mobile specific or mobile specific or Holium specific uh, packages and you can then build on top of what's already in Ubuntu archive. So not to get too technical here, but that that shouldn't be too much of of a, of, a, of a, like as I said, five percent of 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 what's focal uh, was. And also, yeah. we want to. I would, like, yeah. I would like to point out, though, there that does not really uh, mention the things that uh, have to do with switching over to Wayland, for example. So those are th those are specific sub points. Is what is how I 
get how I got it, right? Those are specific sub points. Those are not necessarily something that we need to do. It's something we want to do. Uh, right. We don't want that to hold us back for upgrading because we can still just patch Mesa. Uh, of course, we would like to 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 get rid of mere client and upgrade to to mere two point oh, uh, but we don't want that to to block us for this. We want to right. decouple these things from each other. Right. We don't want to let that depend on each other. Uh, but of course, that is also a priority. Yeah. Of and before people ask, yes, we do also support Wayland on phones, but it's not the default. Yes, it's not the default yet, uh, but a great example for it is Waydroid. Waydroid is using Wayland. Mm. So we have Wayland support already, and it works works great. Uh, but there is some, some minor issues that... Minor. There is some issues that needs to be fixed before we can switch over completely. Right. Uh, we want to do this slowly, so, we, so the user won't really notice any difference at all. Uh, but right now, we're staying on mere client because um, the, the, that's the more stable option right now. Mm -hmm. uh, and keeping with the roadmap, we also want to, as I said before, uh, been working on edge GPS and OLT. And these are the same things we want to to focus on GPS and OLT because these two, especially GPS, is it's is a pain point too. And OLT for that matter is a really pain for for people outside of Europe or especially in the United States because I don't I, I think they completely shut down two G there. Mm. Um, so that's that's also something that that we we need to prioritize. Of course, we we need to 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 take the lower fruits first, and and both GPS and OLT is going to be kind of in parallel, uh, but GPS is coming before OLT. Mm. Uh, you want to take the sponsors? Yeah, sure. So uh, we do have a lot of sponsors, uh, including. Uh, do we have those cool banners still, Marius? Yes, I do have the banner still. Wow. We do have banners. We should put them to use. Yeah. Exactly. So, uh, yeah, we have a little bit of sponsors here. And uh, they're from the patrons. Uh, Heather Ellsworth, Kristen Jäcker, Rondarius, Spendierhose, which is a phenomenal name for everyone who speaks German, uh, PK, Kenneth Drew, uh, Daniel Franschak, Robin Hood, uh, A. Thiel, Tefitson, uh, uh, Garda and Associate Consulting Inc., uh, JT, and Will Atwood. And if you want to sponsor us too and uh, let us mispronounce your name as well, as our good friend Dalton always used to say, uh, please uh, check out ubports.com slash donate and uh, donate to us and uh, bring further the development for the, for the foundation, for the people that rely on it. And for those who wanted to, who who always wanted to have this, like software that free software uh, mobile operating system that is backed by a foundation, and wants to support it. There we go. Yeah. Okay. So let's uh, head straight into the question, shall we? Uh, before we start on. Before we start on the questions that I have written down, I saw there were some questions in the comment that I want to uh, 
uh, to take on as we have the things that we talked about in mind. Uh, there's this one. Uh, does cellular GPS need mobile data? Yes, it does. Uh, it doesn't technically need the mobile data itself, but it needs the our internet connection to be able to fetch the cell tower for these uh, positions. Uh, of course, if you are out, uh, you need mobile data, but if you have Wi-Fi, it should be able to pull it from the Wi-Fi, but you need to be connected to multiple cell, cell towers or have multiple cell towers in your um, connection area. Uh, yeah. So then I will uh, hop into some of the questions we got on the forum. Um, uh, we have a question from Huge, Huge Head. Huge Head, okay. How is the manpower in the dev team and other teams? Uh, so with, with, with this kind of work, we have most of the demand power is coming from, from contributions since we are on open, open source project and we are really relying on open source uh, contributions to, to the project. But if you talk in terms of, of hired manpower by, by the foundation, right now it's currently two. It's, it's me and, and Rachanan. We are the two that, that's hired by the foundation. Um, but we have had uh, some projects uh, that that has been been some uh, some hiring of a little bit different work to do different kind of things, especially in the focal upgrade since it was so huge. Um, but but the dev team is is mostly composed of of, of um, volunteers that 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 wants the same as we do. Hmm. Uh, you want to take the next one? Yeah, sure. Uh, how is integration of 2004 going? Uh, what was expected slash unexpected? What did you learn during the process? Um, yeah, sure. So, I mean, the integration to, uh, or the, the migration to 2004 surely was painful, um, but we got through it. It's, uh, I mean, there are certain things that have request, uh, regressed because the amount of changes was just so huge that it was inevitable to introduce bugs. So certain things might have gotten broken uh, during the upgrade, but that's what we definitely need more testing people for and uh, going through the proper uh, channels, first and foremost. So our Telegram quality assurance group is probably the best place to get those things started. And um, doing bug reports, after that and make so making opening issues on GitLab uh, for the specific project that is uh, an, in question here. But yeah, I mean, it certainly is a, it certainly was a learning experience overall because uh, for those that have watched it, for those that only knew the Xenial way of doing things and then making it work with Focal, uh, it's eye-opening because certain things had to be reworked and uh, they had to be thought out uh, in a way, uh, especially uh, thanks to Rachanam for, for the way that he does it, uh, because he has been, for, for, for the foundation part, he's been crucial to this. 
and uh, it's a learning experience overall because you get to see how things can or should work uh, in another way when it comes to up, uh, changing from upstart to system D, from the renaming things and whatnot, uh, from getting the team uh, over to yeah, getting getting the team to uh, pull on one string and uh, make the thing happen. Yeah. Also, especially some of the things that I learned is that renaming project is a huge amount of work that oh, yeah. you didn't expect. It, it sounds easy, but it's uh, we probably touch like 10,000 of renames, if not more. Mm. And there's still a few uh, li like little paper cuts again that uh, pop up where uh, the Ubuntu font is not getting used in the top bar for the clock. And I think there is a MR up now, uh, or it has been merged already. I'm not sure. I have to check for that myself, but it's there. And things like that bring the experience back on par with what we uh, left Zenyalo uh, off, right? Yeah. Okay, should I jump over to the next question? Yeah, sure. You mentioned that 2004, you changed something so future updates are, are more simple. Will you go for 24XX or 2404 in this case? Uh, so yeah, as I talked about before, this will make it so, so much easier. Like you can't imagine how much easier it's going to be. Uh, I'm not saying that the upgrade is going to be easy, but it's going to be at least 99, no, 95% uh, easier than what Focal was because we have renamed everything. We have upgraded to, to System D. We have changed to Ayatana indicators. Uh, mm. We have changed components, some components to, to use upstream components. And, and also with our constantly uploading and building for, for Debian Unstable, we are always staying on top of the latest, uh, the latest um, open source libraries. So in that case, we know that it will already build on the current uh, uh, Debian Unstable, which then will be synced over to, to Ubuntu. So when 24.04 comes out, we will already have most of the packages already in the archive and built and uh, it, it fixed all those compiler errors that, that, that comes up. The only thing that we really need to do is to pull in all of these mobile specific issues and also overlay the things that we have changed in the meantime that didn't reach the, the sync yet. Mm. Uh, so that should be be something that we, we will be able to do in a much, much easier time. And we will also be uploading a lot more packages to, to, uh, to Debian to keep this in sync all the time. So we are kept up with, with the development of open source libraries. And once we get to 2404, then we are up to date and we can follow Ubuntu as they, they, they progress um, all the time. We probably won't jump for every release, uh, but certainly every, every uh, LTS. 
All right. So uh, there's also an, a little announcement, uh, more than a question from Ori88. Uh, hi, everyone. I just wanted to ask if you could take a few seconds to spread that with the UT transition from Xenial to Focal, the system has now become usable on the Raspberry Pi 4. I ask all owners of an uh, Raspberry Pi 3 or 4 to help us in testing, bug reporting, and bug fixing the system and applications. So to help to improve, help to improve the user experience on those fantastic and widespread developer boards. There's a Telegram group where we can help each other. Thank you very much uh, for all your effort and the UbiPorts project and OT so, uh, and software. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I'm not really sure where the link went for the, for the Telegram channel, but I guess we can add it to the description after the, after the stream, right? Yeah, you can do that. Perfect. So, uh, yeah, the next question is from Mr. T1001. With Google implementing anti-rollback features in its Androids, uh, how badly will this uh, affect open source development, especially Ubuntu Touch in the future? Well, not so much if you ask me, and that comes from the guy who just years ago wrote a blog post that I wanted to implement the like relocking of the bootloader, which turns out to be a little bit more of a hassle and other things are have a higher priority right now. But those anti-rollback features, they are probably at the bootloader level. And when the bootloader is involved, you better get a phone that actually allows you to do modding and installing alternative operating systems instead of picking some random phone that you just found looked nice. Uh, it needs to be mm. uh, it needs to be a, a, a device that allows you to unlock the bootloader, change things on the root of us uh, or on, on the storage. And those anti-rollback features could potentially be integrated properly into Ubuntu Touch itself. Uh, the idea would be to ship those updates uh, basically making use, first of all, of the AB mechanism that newer Android devices have. And second of all, implementing it in a way that the rollback is respected properly. Um, because in case there is an issue with Ubuntu Touch running on the phone, it, uh, in case we turn out to have an exploit and you'd roll back to that because or some malicious actor rolls back to that, then we're in the same situation and we are not benefiting off of the security features here. So I don't see yet much of, uh, I don't see the hype around the, I didn't see the hype around the UEFI problematic situation. I don't see it here as well. So um, yeah, that's, that's my take on it. Yeah. Okay. So I will, uh... Jump to the next question. It's from Audrey. Uh, will Will Gallery App have some photo editing features more than crop like photos filters and built as a built-in filters, or do you think using third third-party apps such as Instant Instant Photo is enough? Uh, I guess there are other features that Gallery of Photo App can have built in. Uh, okay, so I I will stop here. There's a lot of text here, but I will yeah. I will, I will st start with them. Uh, so yeah if if someone wants to contribute that and integrate that into the gallery app we are welcome uh 
but I don't think that's that's a high priority, at least not right now. Uh, not for the short term. Yeah, not for the short term. Um, but if someone wants to work on that or integrate that even even into the, the to the gallery app or even create a separate third party applications, uh, that that's perfectly fine. Uh, we, we will gladly accept that and we will really happy to merge something like that. Um, but it's not something that that the core core development is 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 really gonna focus on at least not for a short term because we have other issues that 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 we really need to fix. Right, and uh, Maciek brings up a very interesting point here though uh, regarding the feature creep point. Uh, Unix philosophy can apply to GUI apps though, and I agree because um, this, for example. Uh, on iOS or the iPad, where I specifically developed my C++ IDE to be like working together with other applications. It turns out that Apple have figured out pretty much how to do it in a way that allows to import data from other applications and uh, both of them playing in the same pool in the same sandbox and exchanging data in a way that is understandable for you for people it's sort of like our content hub um but they also have a few other features in there that uh basically make this like more 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 flexible to, to say the least and you can in theory write at i mean the instant foe is a good stopgap solution if not uh if not the solution because some people all always just some people just want a gallery and that's it uh they don't want to overdo it with with the gallery app so there needs to be some some precaution to uh, at least to be to be able to um design this in a way that it not doesn't feature creep too much onto people that might not like it right yeah well actually i i will like continue that a little bit because the, the question continues with content hub since we are on, on topic of, mm -hmm. of content hub. Um, I love the way that content hub allows to add many feature, uh, add many features almost like it was native, but for basic features that some people use daily, it will help the UX to have some, some of the few features built in. I'm quite a bit on the question, where's the border? What are your thoughts? So this, this continues a little bit more on on, mm -hmm. on the question as to have this integrated in the, the gallery app would be perfectly fine. Uh, of course, the, the gallery app would need to be like doing the basic. And if you want to do some extreme, it should probably be more of an app, right. uh, a separate app again. Uh, so it, it's to have this balance. But here, like, be open to 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 contributions and if if someone wants to to take on the gallery app uh, that's perfectly valid uh if someone wants to do that so uh so yeah uh i will take the next one uh um the next question also from arudi uh already asked this question years ago i just wanted to know uh about it but nowadays our app package format uh our app package formats will keep being click for now. So the question is, will we stay on click or are we going to move to snaps? And for that, uh, I mean, someone is going to be uh, 
be angry about this, but I like snaps and I do maintain applications as snaps. And uh, that's the reason why I put this application, this snap enabler onto the open store that basically enables you to snap install things onto your, to your com uh, devices. Uh, now, doesn't make much of a sense on a phone to be able to install a full-blown, I don't know, C++ IDE like Tide onto a phone, but on a tablet with like half a terabyte or maybe maybe a little bit less than that uh, of, of storage, it might make some sense. And I personally like them, so that's why I keep pursuing the enablement. Uh, I don't think we will... Or conversions. Right, right. So, I mean, the thing is, with snaps and flat packs and all of them, they can work. They, it's ju it just needs someone to do it, right? And I might be biased. Other people might be biased towards their preferred project. But in the end, it, those who do the work win, right? Yeah. But also, some of the things that, that's kept out that you hear there is right now there's no rush to get away from click right, right. there's no click has its it's really strong points that 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 we like and there's no rush to have either of them like gone wouldn't it be better to just have both have a smooth smooth transition and even have flashback too have them all people can choose what they want to use uh and but but we also need to to keep it user-friendly uh, we need to keep it in a way where where it's not too much of a hassle if do i want that that snap flat pack these things go around and round in in many people's head many people don't, don't really care if it snaps a flat pack or click mm -hmm. they just want the app to work right um and i i think that's that that's really important to to also keep in mind that when we design a bunch of touch, we design it with 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 users that might not be as technical in mind. And right. in, in that way, we will probably choose the ones that are most user friendly. And I'm not saying that necessarily is one of the other, but yeah, Alfred. Yeah, and I would I would like to point out uh, the, the the possibility that yes, we as the community might have a say in how the product looks like in the end and for that i i mean for lack of a better phrase we are we should allow ourselves to pick the users that we want to cater towards and for that matter the user experience and the the possibilities of ubuntu touch are more catered towards end users like mere mortal end users who just want a phone and they want it to work well and they don't want to apt around right so yeah. for that matter we should allow ourselves to to be a little bit more picky about uh, who we cater towards because we can't especially with the resources that are available at our disposal uh we can't cater towards every wish and most of them are just wishes because yeah that they're hard to pull off yeah and also but also it welcome to have contributions and if someone wants to to help out with this and feel strongly again uh, for for being in fact flatback for for example we are welcome to to prs and and 
to help out with that. Uh, because yeah, as Alfred said, our resources are limited. Uh, right. We can only do so much, but we, we, we also we are not saying that we are choosing one or another, or if we are going with that or with that. It it just will naturally evolve uh, in the way that 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 best fits. Um, and yes, they will probably both work. Uh, but what we choose, what we prefer, or what we show to the user the most. Uh, that that we haven't decided yet uh, because it, it really depends on on how things work uh, and how things integrate with the system uh, and for now click is the one that works best because then we have selected app that works really really well on the mm. system and for example with snap you can install nextcloud for example which doesn't really make sense on a phone absolutely uh, just yeah server based so it would need to be some sort of cherry picking of some apps and, and and stuff like that so this all haven't been been figured out yet uh but yeah so let's see what's happening there um but i i will will uh, will jump over to a different question i saw coming in from from the q a uh, from the from the chat and that was uh this one uh, speaking of neighbors, anything about Widevine? Uh, so, speaking exactly about this app that Alfred made, I I I took it, I I forked it, and I made it into the Wide Enabler, as I call it. So it is an open store which enables Widevine on ARM sixty four. So I, I I had to do a lot of patching of Libc and everything. So it it, it is experimental. It is not recommended to do on your your daily driver. Since it, it does does patch a lot of things on the system, especially libc, which is a very low level things. Uh, but there is an example app there that you can try, and it will install it, and you can watch Disney Plus or or Netflix if you change your usage, and uh, and it works. Um, so there is there is progress there. Um, mm -hmm. uh, so, by the way, yeah. progress. Good that you mentioned it. Uh, taking it back to the Snap enabler. If any canonical people working on SnapD are watching or listening in, how about you take a look at my PRs, please? <laughs> <laughs> Shout out on live. Exactly. Yeah, I'm. I'm not. I'm not going to be disrespectful in any way. It's just I know there are certain uh, things that need to be prioritized. It's just I would like to get this through uh, real, real soon. Yeah. Okay, so the next question is also from Audrey. Talking about Snap, is there a discussion about going from Ubuntu LTS to LTS to Ubuntu Core? Might require a lot of base work and pipeline, but reduce effort on system upgrades, I guess. Uh, anything to share with us? And would it be easier to main specific hardware packages with gadget or snap, uh, get current snaps or some same but different? So for now, this is probably not going to happen because that will be, uh, require a lot of work. Uh, and I think for us to focus on on LTS to LTS is probably easier. Uh, and we also need to to think about uh, Snap is it's not really designed in in the way that that we are working. It might be a little bit too hard for us to do and and require a lot of patching here and there. Mm -hmm. um, and I, 
in my opinion, I don't see that being a, a thing that we do in the near future, at least. Um, our, our path is probably more going with the, the AB updates of Android and, and following that type of mobile phone type use case. I'm not sure what, what your opinion on this is. Well, we can definitely make a few changes here and there on our side, but in the end, putting everything into snaps is going to be a little bit hard uh, solely because just think of it in an organizational type of way. There are two completely distinct groups. There's, well, not completely distinct. We're sharing one meal, basically. We're sitting on the same table. There is the canonical people working on Ubuntu itself. And then there is us working on Ubuntu Touch. And the thing is that integrating it, going fast and making it work in reliably in, a, in, in, a, in as a short amount of time as possible uh, is a little bit hard. And the reliability of the thing is, it, it, needs, to, it needs to be proven whether the, the reliability of snapping up everything, including the kernel and Holium, uh, would work. So uh, I like to be proven wrong on this one. But I wouldn't go, even though I like snaps, I wouldn't necessarily go as far as far as saying that we snap up everything, right? So yeah, um, yeah. And we are we are getting close to the hour mark, so uh, we'll see. We are over the hour already, man. <laughs> we are over the hour actually, but I will I will take one last question, uh, which I, I thought was a little bit funny, uh, since the the in the um, the forum post is specifically said <laughs> no porting question, uh, but Audrey got it sneaked in. So it's, uh, they say you said no porting questions. So I would ask when Fairphone Five will be listed in the Uberport installation. <laughs> so, <laughs> so the Fairphone Five just came out. Uh, we don't have it in our hands yet. So if, if Fairphone are listening, please send us a device. We port it. Uh, well, I will. Will you help us maybe even? Who knows? Yeah. Yeah. Even better if, if Fairphone would help us. Uh, that would be amazing. Uh, but but as I said, uh, the Fairphone hasn't really, it, 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 the news is out and it's pre-order, but the device hasn't been shipped yet. So we have nothing in our hands yet right. at least. So it, it will take some time um, before that eventually comes out. But again, no promises. Uh, at least I know for myself personally, I want it. <laughs> you like them thick boys, huh? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that kind of came across so wrong. I'm sorry. I'm deeply sorry. <laughs> yeah. I, <laughs> I don't mind the thickness of, of the phone. I, I have to yeah. say, but I, I, I love the idea behind it. I love being the, the ethical type device and, and, and that I really love about it and the way that I can repair it myself and, um, mm -hmm. The, the rights to repair and don't waste as much uh, exactly. of the environment. So I, I love the idea. That's why I, I really support that device because it's it's different. It's not it's not made to to mass produce and to to really just buy and sell and, and throw away. It doesn't want to take over the world. It, it, it doesn't want to take over the world. It wants to, to make you think. Is what you're saying? Yeah. Basically. But yeah. That was the UbiPorts Q&A. Uh, and 
if you want to see your device supported, go to devices. If you want to see if your device is supported, go to devices.ubiport.com. If your device is not listed there, uh, it's going to need to be custom made. Go to the porting do documentation at docs.ubiport.com to learn more if you want to do that. Um, and I want to list up all the, the social media networks. Uh, it's so much. Um, we are on Facebook, Twitter, or X these days. Pixelfed, Mastodon, LinkedIn, Instagram, Telegram News, and Matrix News. And news. And you can also chat with us live at Matrix or the forum or Telegram at Ubiport. So this was a fantastic Q&A, and hopefully it will happen again very very soon we hope to do it in in two months again uh so let's let's try to to make that happen and thank you for everyone joining and uh, have a really nice evening bye bye